All right, well, it's been a privilege to be here with y'all, and uh, I am the youngest one here. Uh, I'm not quite 30 yet. I will be 30 in August, uh, but I do praise the Lord that I have the opportunity to preach to each and every one of you, and I uh, hope I can give you something. Many of you have been in the ministry longer than I've been alive, longer than I've been saved. I've been saved 15 years. I uh, just celebrated my, my salvation birthday on February 14th of 2008, and so it's been 15 years since I've been saved, but I was reached through the bus ministry. Uh, there in Holyoke, Massachusetts, where I was born and raised, uh, at from Mountain View Baptist Church in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and thank God for that place. And uh, I do not take it lightly that I get to preach behind a pulpit. Uh, of course, it's not my pulpit, but it's Pastor Dunbar's pulpit. But also open up God's Word. And uh, I, I, you say, what? What can a 29-year-old teach me? I, I don't know. I don't have the experience many of you have, but I do have a Bible, and I, I do have something that I can teach something. So. Uh, I just want to say this, I didn't know this, but I love what Brother Dunbar said about the fellowship, and I was able to talk to Pastor Britt and just know a little bit about that, and then giving that, your verse, and uh, just the encouragement. Many of you have been. Uh, I remember when I first moved to New York, Brother Jack Young was the first one to reach out to me, and we had some lunch, and I appreciated that, and then was able to meet his dad. Uh, and then we were able to, to just go to a couple meetings there and just the encouragement. And then I think I was able to go to a couple meetings here and there. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I, I get encouraged, but Brother Rice is pretty much at every meeting. Uh, and uh, I praise the Lord for that. Uh, but I wrote this down because I wanted to say about the encouragement. You know, what keeps us young guys going is seeing the older folks, the hoary-headed folks, continue. And just to hear the testimony that Brother Britt's been going through the last, this year, last year, uh, that's going to keep me going. Amen. The hard times that he's facing, uh, I know they're coming, but man, if he can get through them, I know I can. Because we serve a God that's great. And I praise the Lord for that. Brother Pickett, I know he, he spoke a little bit about it at dinner yesterday uh, and the things that his church is going through, but again... I say this to our church, and I truly do believe it. You know, whatever we're going through, remember, we're going through it. We're not in it. We're going through it. And we're not going through alone, right? We're going through with the Lord, with our God. And so I thank you so much for each and every one of you who are sticking by the stuff. And uh, let's take our Bibles this afternoon or this morning still, and let's go to Malachi chapter number 2. I want to give us something uh, that hopefully will be a help. Uh, and again, this has been a help to me. I want to give you the verses that the Lord has given to me. Uh, many of you shared your verse. Here's one that the Lord shared to me. Uh, in Malachi chapter number 2, in verse number 8, the Bible says, But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore I have also made you contemptible, and base and before all people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. I know this is a pastor's fellowship, and I know that this is, uh, but there's other folks that are here to listen. I believe there are three applications to this text that I'm going to get into in Malachi chapter number two. There's the first we can look at, of course, we understand and know that that Malachi was speaking to the Levitical priests of their job and how poorly they were doing. 
The second was to the priesthood of the believers. As we can take this and as the priesthood of the believer, we can apply this to our life. But I want to take it to the, the third, and I believe the most, I believe for this application would be to us pastors. To us pastors. Because many times we preach to our people, but forget that we too are people. We too need to hear preaching. We too... Most of the time, we are the problem of why our people are the way they are. And so as Malachi was speaking, let's look at verse number one. Or excuse me, let me go back to verse number eight and nine of uh, the verse I was getting out. It says, you have departed out of the way. And as a young man, I understand there is a way. The right way, there's wrong ways, but there is the right way. And I praise the Lord that I believed in the way, the truth, and the life back as a 15-year-old young man. But I believe today we see a lot of folks who are departing from the way. What are the ways? Well, the way of truth. We have a lot of preachers and churches who are not teaching the truth. And again, I'm a King James guy. I always will be, and I praise the Lord for that. And uh, this was the Bible that was given to me. And of course, as a young man, didn't know anything of it. You know, just thought it was just a Bible. But when I started growing and seeing the flaws in all the other Bibles and seeing that the verses they take out and how little they look at salvation, how it's through Christ and said, they, they'll put in, a, well, baptism and all that kind of stuff. I understand how much more I need the truth, God's truth. So there's the way of truth, the way of trust. And here's a, a, one that really spoke out to me. We're talking about the verse again that uh, each of us have shared. This thing of the way of trust. And, you know, I, I don't really get involved with all this, you know, podcast things. And I'm not big on those or whatever. And knowing the law of the land and being nosy and whatever the churches are doing. We're independent for a reason. But I guess nowadays we just find our ways in other people's business. I, I don't know. But the way of trust. The way of pastors, we're losing the trust of our people because of the fact that we're not preaching truth. We ourselves are living in sin, not getting right, and we want the people to trust us, and yet we can't be trusted. So the way of truth, the way of trust, and then the way of treasure. And this has been big to me because I've been saved 15 years, but I can tell you this, it's been new to me every single day when I wake up. And I realize I'm not going to hell. I treasure that. I, I truly do. I treasure that I get to pastor the Village Baptist Church in Mount Morris, New York. I, I treasure the ups and the downs in ministry. I do. I treasure those things. And so that's what I got this week. But let's get to the sermon, if I may. And I, I believe 45 minutes, I, I don't know when that my time started, but I'll be sure. I'm not really a long-winded guy. Uh, but let's look at verse number one, if we may, please. Malachi chapter number two, verse number one. I'll read all the way down to verse number seven. The Bible says, and now, O ye priests. And this is why I'm talking about the application to us pastors. This commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to, the heart, to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that 
Uh, my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace. And I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in, in his mouth. You notice where it says it's all past tense was in his mouth. Iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law of his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Lord, I just ask at this time to use me. Lord, again, I don't, I don't know everything. I'm not saying I am. I haven't obtained anything yet. Lord, I am so thankful for your grace and mercy that you show upon me each and every day. Pray, Lord, you'll use me now in a mighty way to speak to these pastors, Lord, as you spoke to me. Lord, many times we do point our fingers at the people as we're, we're, we're preaching and saying how sinful and we'll get right with you. But, Lord, many times you have a message for us as well. And, Lord, this morning I just pray that you'll help us to say, O ye priests, Lord, really put us in there, O ye pastors, because we need it. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that we get to hold in our hands. Lord, I don't take that for granted. Lord, when I open up the Bible, I open up the mind of God. Please use me now, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look at the book of Malachi. And again, Malachi, of course, it was written, I believe, a hundred years after Zechariah and Haggai. And now we can see this, the temple has already been rebuilt. And now he's getting, I always look at the, the, the Old Testament book right before the New Testament. Right before we get into the New Testament, right before Christ comes and the church is started, but he is making sure that the priests are in control, that the priests are understanding from the very beginning of when they were anointed in the beginning that their office is still important today. And so the first thing I want us to look at, verse number one, it says the message directed, the message directed. Again, as we look at verse number one, it says, and now, O ye priests. You notice it's not, O ye people. Hey, O ye this, or O ye that. He's saying, hey, O ye priests. Because oftentimes we're so easy enough that we're pointing fingers at other people. That person needs to get right with God. Man, if they would just get right with God, their family would be, do so much better. Well, if, if this person would just spend more time on their knees, if this person would just spend more time with God, things would be better. If they would just spend more, more time in their Bible, things would be better. But yet we're forgetting, oh, ye priests. What about us? If we just spent more time on our knees, if we just spent more time in our Bible, if we just spent more time on ourselves, as we heard last night, You see, because in these days, if you look at chapter number one, I don't have to read through all of it, but many of us have read through the book of Malachi. But in chapter number one, he's, again, these folks were bringing in these, these uh, offerings to God. They weren't the right offerings. And these priests knew that. That the offerings were corrupt. They weren't right. They were bringing lame offerings, as the Bible would say. They weren't bringing the perfect offering that they were supposed to be bringing. The priests knew this. Instead of pushing them away, saying, this isn't right, they said, well, if I push them away, they may not offer anything. If I, if I just tell them, hey, this isn't right, my temple will be small. If I push them away, 
I won't get my salary. And we understand the directed message for these priests was, where, where, where are we going with this? You're blaming the people for who they are, but hey, the reason the folks are the way they are is because of you. The lack of teaching. The lack of leadership. The lack of godly influence. You understand that when the priests were here, this, the message that was directed towards them It was a religion of surface emotions and outward signs, but not of the heart. Because they kept the rituals. They kept this and they kept that. They made on the outward appearance, they they wore the the wardrobe that a, a priest should wear. They did the job of a priest, but it was never really in their heart. They just did it out of ritual. Can I say again, I've only been in it for three years. But I understand as time goes on, it starts becoming a ritual to us of church things that we do. We understand the orders of service. We go follow them each and every day or every Sunday. We understand of the things in our life that we Bible before breakfast and we pray. And it can be something that we do all the time that we start just getting used to doing it. That it no longer comes from our heart. Well, I've always done it this way. And these priests have gotten so used to doing their things that no longer, as the Bible says, we can see it in verse number two, if ye will not hear and if ye will not lay it to heart. And then latter in that verse when it says, I have cursed them already because ye do not lay it to heart. See, so the message was directed to them. I just wrote this down. I believe we are more concerned of church size than we are with hell size. We're more concerned about how big our churches are than we are concerned about how big hell is getting. Well, I want, I want my church to be this or that or this or that and this big and, and I want it to... That, that, that stuff doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm into the, the same. I'm not, I'm not saving, but I don't want folks to die and go to hell. I'm thankful for that day. Someone reached out to me and says, hey, come to church. I went to church. I'll try it out. I was bored. I went to church. Try this thing out. Ain't nothing else to do on a Sunday. And it never stopped. There's that song, I've never gotten over getting saved. Truly, I've never. And I've never lost the wonder of it all either. But man, we've gotten so... In us as preachers that we're comparing our ministries among other ministries. Why well, I, I want to be like this and God's just saying, no, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter about that. What about the size of hell? Think about that. Reach those. So the, the message directed was for the, the priests, the, the pastors, and we'll take that application. The message demanded. Why did he say this to the pastors? Why did he bring this to the priests, those who were supposed to be that godly influence? Well, it says, if ye will not hear it, and if ye will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name. The message demanded was this, give me my glory. I believe once we get to a certain level as pastors, I think it starts being, well, bow down to me. I'm God's man. Though I believe there should be a respect thing, but... Our theme for this year is to God be the glory. 
Not to Pastor White be the glory. Not that the folks in our church be the glory. No, to God be the glory. No, we worked hard, don't get me wrong, of our beast feast, and we had all that. I had no idea what, we were gonna, what was going to happen, how we were going to turn out, or whatever it may be. We had 96 come, and we had eight salvations. One of those salvations was probably one of the richest men in the area. I had no idea, but he wrote it down in his card. He got saved, and I said, praise the Lord for that. He, and this man, he, he bought all the, the main streets of our small villages, and he came to our beast feast and wrote down his, he got saved. You know, but when we think about the demand of that, it's like, man, look at me. Yeah, the richest guy in the area, he got saved. And because we put this thing, oh, my, my church did this, my church did that. God did it. Yeah. To God be the glory. And so what God was saying to these priests is, hey, you're allowing these, these false offerings to come in. You're allowing these, these folks that you're not teaching them uh, what glory truly should be. And instead of getting, giving God the glory, you want the glory. You want them to look at you and think, man, look at this guy. Look at that. Oh, oh, priest, thank you so much for uh, off, uh, get, uh, accepting our offering. And oh, oh, if it wasn't for you, we God doesn't want any of that. He wants the glory. God wants the glory. You know, Brother Pickett was talking about the things that he saw up in Canada in his first ministry. And he was talking about how he could just count on his hands those that were, that were, uh, that accepted Christ and, it's not about the numbers. Praise God that it's the souls that were saved. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Was it Jeremiah who only had one convert throughout his whole ministry? Amen. But God got the glory. Yes. And so the demand, the message that was demanded by God is to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, I want the glory. Glory doesn't belong to you. So number one, we see the message directed to the priests. Number two, we see the message demanded, and he says, give me the glory. But thirdly, I see this, the message detailed. He says, dude, if you don't want to give me the glory, all right. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces. That's just horrible. It's getting dung spread on your face. And the dung, of course, as these offerings were supposed to be offered unto the Lord, the dung would be the insides, the bowels, right? And we understand, and they would take those, take them out of the, out of the, the offering, and bring them outside of the city to be burned. Not inside, but outside of the city to be burned. And so the details here that we can see that the message detail, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast. You see here, because the solemn feast was supposed to be something that was supposed to be special to them, but God didn't look at that as the special feast because they weren't the true offerings. They didn't serve God out of their hearts. They served Him out of duty. Well, we have to do this. We have to go to church. We have to do that. And God says, the detail upon this message that I'm giving to you, if you don't want to give me glory, if you don't want to serve me out of your heart, then it means absolutely nothing to me. And you're just like that dung that deserves to go outside. And I'll just say this. If we don't want to give God the glory, there is no right for us to be standing up on a pulpit, pastors. There is no right to be having folks look to us as leaders and teachers and, and, and of God's flock if we ourselves are not giving God glory. God looks at us and says, you're nothing like, you're, you're just nothing, you're like that dung that deserves to be outside the camp and burned. The message detailed. He goes on and says, and one shall take you away with it. 
So we see the, the message directed. We see the, the message demanded, the message detailed. But I want to see the message determined. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. They determined here that God said this, all these signs will come, your seed will be corrupted, the dung will be spread upon your faces. They're not going to say, well, why is this happening? They're going to know why this is happening. Because I am doing it. God says, I am doing that, and folks are not going to question. Levi, the tribe of Levi, why is this going on with your tribe? Why is this going on with the priests? Why is this going on in our temples? God says, because I'm doing this. So don't be surprised when we see in our churches problems arising if we don't want to go out and tell somebody about the gospel. Our church is dwindling down to nothing because we're not doing our part with handing out tracts and telling people about hell. If we're not teaching our folks the doctrines, but instead we're teaching them the preferences of man. Because I've seen that a lot too where somehow we substituted the preferences of man into the doctrines of, of the doctrines of the Bible, of what we heard last night. But there's no question if we see things going on. It's not by mere accidents, not just by coincidence, but God is doing it. The message directed to the priests. The message demanded, I want the glory. The message detailed was that if you don't give me glory, you're as good as dung. The message determined it's from God. Then I want us to look lastly, the message distinguished. Verses 5 through 7. He then goes on, and I don't want to say this is like the uh, qualifications of a priest, but he did go down through and talk about how a priest should be. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name and the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn away uh, many away from iniquity for the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law of the mouth for the, this is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. You see, the message distinguished was this. God was saying, you're not like everybody else. You are a priest. It's a high office. And of course, in those days, they were the mediator between God and man. And when we step behind a pulpit, I'm not saying no, we are no longer, right? Uh, we are the priests of the believers, I believe that. But we are, as it says latter end, the messengers of the Lord. And we all know the verse, how can they hear without a... You can throw, how can they know without a pastor? There's a reason why these churches are here. I said a little bit about our history of our church. When I first, I had no idea that I was going to end up in New York. I am a Patriots fan. I was born and raised in New England. And now I'm in the heart of Bill's nation. Disgusting. It's horrible. We joke with our church all the time, and they know. And here's, here's the blessing, right? Brother Jerry, of course, uh, uh, from here, a Patriots fan as well. That was one of the reasons why we hired him. All right, so now there's two. Two on the rest of the, my wife's a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so we have a house divided. Uh, but it's amazing how God works. I was working for uh, 
Faith Music Missions, but Faithway Baptist Church for four and a half years, and we saw God do amazing things there. We went from uh, 120 folks, and when we left, I believe it was over 300, and now they're starting a Christian school and all that kind of stuff. And so many of us will think, well, why did you go to a church of 20? Well, it's because it's, I wasn't looking for numbers. I wasn't looking for a paycheck. I just wanted to do what God wanted me to do. Amen. Why to go to New York? God sent me here. I don't know. <laughs> the, the honest reason, I, I don't know how I ended up here other than God sent me here. Amen. He said, this is where I want you to go. And so we took the, the, our folks of, of 20. There's a lot of things we had to correct, missionaries that were supported, that weren't missionaries, and I mean, I believe our first meeting, business meeting was about three hours, and we started at seven. We didn't get out until 10.30. I mean, I was flipping house. They had an intern pastor, so the church was without a pastor for three years. And in that meantime, there was two years of an interim who was trying to change the way that the church was and bringing in the NIV and bringing in these crazy doctrines and uh, well, we need to put screens up. If we don't put this up, we won't attract people. And I have, well, we have screens now, but uh, he was th- thinking of other ways that we need to. We need to bring a band in. We need to do this and we need to do that. And then I come in and I say, we don't need to do any of that. We just need to go out and tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and Christ will build his church. I mean, that's, that's what I know about. And so we get in there and these folks, uh, the average age was about 70. Thought I was a crazy 26-year-old at the time. Telling them, hey, we're going to go out and knock doors and tell people about, about Christ. Invite them to church. So we did that. My wife and I, we started, I believe we were the only ones. We were out there knocking doors. And our first Sunday, or excuse me, our third Sunday, we had, I don't know, five guests that came. And we praised the Lord for that. And then, this was 19, and then in March, COVID hit. I was like, oh, buddy, all right, what am I supposed to do now? It's like, man, am I giving up or what? Lord, this is, Lord, why did you send me here? COVID, and so we had to figure out what we were going to do, so of course online happened, and we did some drive-in services, and through that, the Lord started growing our church, and it's funny, but we grew through COVID, and uh, praise the Lord for that, and now we are to a place where we are, and again, to God be the glory, it's not me, but it's God, and as we Look at this last thing, the, the message distinguished. You say, well, Pastor, why'd you tell us all that? Because there is a difference between God's man and just man. Our office is different. Our responsibilities are different. As it says here, there's, there's a, we are the messengers of the Lord. But he goes and says the covenant was with him. Was, past tense. It says that the law of truth was in his mouth. It says he walked with me. You notice that as a pastor, there is a covenant that we have with the Lord, our reverence that we must give to him. We must preach truth. We must walk with him. And we are messengers of God. We have a responsibility. And though we would love to point fingers at our people, well, our church is in the way you don't want to go out and pass out tracts, and you don't want to do this. But yeah, on a Saturday, we find ourselves sometimes talking it up, visiting, 
Maybe we aren't knocking doors. Well, I'll just go visit so-and-so today. But we didn't knock doors. We have the whole week in front of us, and yet find other things to do other than knock doors and tell people about, about Christ. So we're so easy pointing fingers at others when the finger should be at us. Because Malachi, O ye priests, O ye pastors, O ye pastors. So my encouragement to all of us is as what God demanded was his glory. We have a job to teach. We have a job to preach. We have a job to lead in spiritual affairs. And if we're not doing it, they will not do it. If we are not walking with God, they will not walk with God. If we are not praying on our knees and praying to God, they will not pray. If we're not leading them and showing them the ways of God, they will not do the things that we believe they should be doing for God. And so then we see again in verse 8, but ye are departed out of the way. And then they'll depart. And you say, well, where did we get to this point today where, Pastor White, you're, the almost, you're probably the youngest dude in New York doing being a pastor. Well, I believe it's because many have departed from the way. Because of the lack of teaching, lack of leadership. Again, where we just confuse the preference of man from the doctrines. If you don't do it this way, it's not the right way. Well, show me scripture for that. So I just want to say, let's focus on us. Because I believe we can solve a lot of our church problems when we actually just look to ourselves. And say, oh ye Matt. Lord, we thank you again for this afternoon. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the book of Malachi. Lord, I... I'm just so thankful, Lord, to be in this room with all these men, many of them who encouraged me, spoke with me and sat me down, and I learned some things. I remember when I went up to uh, Brother Tim Young's, and I was talking to him about some of the things that were going on, and he said, well, you know what you got yourself into. You know, he was right, I did. And that helped. Lord, many times we can point the fingers at the people and not really point it at ourselves. Because, Lord, this message was directed to the priests. And I believe the pastors. Help us, Lord, to lead. Help us to teach. Help us to do what we're supposed to do. And Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you'll just help our churches to continue to share the gospel. Lord, we need more lighthouses. It doesn't matter about our church size, but it does matter about hell size. I'm not, Lord, you're not willing that any should perish, but all that come to repentance. Help us to truly believe that. Thank you again, Lord, for this fellowship. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.